the CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... happen in real life. But uh, then again, maybe they can. Who knows, but at this very moment, someone, somewhere, might be flipping a coin to decide an argument, to settle a debt, or any of the hundreds of things flipping a coin can settle. In the story about to unfold, a coin becomes a matter of life and death. What's that? A coin? At your feet, West? Uh, Captain, it's... It's, it's not what you think, sir. The coin fell out of your pocket. The coin father won from you last night. Before he was murdered. It's the coin, Captain, but I... I didn't kill him for it. You're confined to quarters, West. The minute we reach Port New York, I'm turning you over to the authorities on a charge of murder. Our mystery drama... Devil's Gold was written especially for the Radio Mystery Theater by Bob Jurin and stars Russell Horton. I'll be back shortly with Act One. Coins have been used for currency for thousands of years. Coins have commemorated great events and great prisons. Coins have played their part in history from pieces of silver to pieces of eight. And yet never has there been a coin quite like the one that turns up in our story. A story that begins in a New York City jail. Rusty, I'm Frank Barth. Oh, yeah, you're the lawyer the court appointed for me. That's right. I, uh, I didn't kill that guy, Mr. Barth. Well, that's what the prosecution has to prove. The burden's on him. Oh, but the evidence against you... The is... only evidence was that gold coin. There, there weren't any witnesses. There rarely are to murder. Guy Fowler was my shipmate, a buddy. I, I wouldn't kill him over a lousy coin, especially not that coin. I, I, I knew I'd get it back. That's apparently what you said in front of witnesses at the card game. And it was in your possession after the man was murdered. I've got to know everything before we can plan a defense. And believe me, it's got to be true. It's all true. I swear it. Go ahead, then. I'm a merchant seaman, you know, and this thing started two months ago. We were in the Mediterranean heading for Derna. Uh, that's in Libya. We were pulling in at night, and the lights on the shore were sparkling. The air was warm. Guy Fowler, the guy who was killed, was on the deck with me. We were both looking forward to a couple of days' leave. Huh? It'd be good to get off this tub for a while. I ain't been on a leaky peat like this in 40 years. <laughs> Doesn't bother me. It's your first haul. You don't expect any better. Well, you've been shipping for 20 years. What's this port like? Have you been here before? Yeah, once. Not bad. Oh, uh, watch out for the shopkeepers, though. They'll steal your blind. <laughs> I don't have enough money left to steal. I lost most of it last night. Yeah, I know. <laughs> You're dumb to try to beat these goons at poker. You're too green. Yeah, I gotta learn all the ropes. I wanted to get my girlfriend something, you know, a souvenir. I heard the guys talking about some store in this 
support that's supposed to be so great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Devil's Boutique, they call it. Yeah, that ain't its real name. They just call it that because it's so hard to find. <laughs> Never seems to be in the same place twice, you know. Some guys claim it don't exist at all. But it's probably because they never found it. Well, have you? No, no. I ain't got no one to buy anything for. Well, does anyone know what street it's on? <laughs> In Derna? <laughs> street names? Huh? Nothing but alleyways except for a few blocks that they call downtown. But they say uh, you recognize it because it's lighted only with candles. Mm. Well, maybe I can find something for Kim there. Sure you can. If you find the shop. We tied up in port, and the next day I took off alone and wandered around the town. It was a thrill to be in a foreign port for the first time. Narrow alleys, street vendors all over the place, the sun blinding bright. It was about noon when I first saw it. Off to the right was a little lane that seemed to wind around in back of a low building. It was completely deserted. I took a few steps down the rough cobblestone alley. It was dim, a place where the sun couldn't get to. There wasn't a sound. The bustle behind me seemed to have vanished. I walked slowly along the twisting alleyway. Well, there were a few shops, but they were all closed. I don't know why I kept walking, but something seemed to draw me along. And then, the alley turned, and there it was. A small shop, brightly lighted with candles. In the window were clothes, leather things, beads, spices. There was no name on the door, but I knew I'd found the Devil's Boutique. Good afternoon. You are American, so I speak English. Welcome, buddy. <laughs> uh, thanks. Uh, you are looking for something particular, eh? Uh, something for a girl in New York. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Jewelry, perhaps. Or uh, something less intimate. A scarf. Look around. Relax and take your time. My shop is at your service. Uh, yeah, okay, thanks. I'll, uh, I'll just look around. anything about jewels or clothes or that stuff, but what I was seeing in this shop was dazzling. I picked out a silver locket for Kim, and it was then I noticed a scruffy-looking guy handling everything on one of the small tables. Suddenly, he slipped a gold candlestick underneath the robe he was wearing. He looked around and then headed for the door. Hey, hey, you! Hey, what is the trouble, sir? Oh, uh, that, that, that guy leaving, he, he took a candlestick on that table over there. He's stealing it. I, I, I'll get him. No, wait, wait. It is all right. Well, you're going to let him get away with that? <laughs> he is not getting away with anything. I am used to the thieves of Derna. Aren't you going to call the police? The police? <laughs> I have my own way of dealing with these thieves. And getting my merchandise back. How are you going to get it back? You, you know that guy? No, but it doesn't matter. The candlestick will be returned to me. Yeah, you know this place better than I do. Uh, oh, uh, I'm going to take this silver locket. Uh, how much? Ah, uh, 20 American dollars. Oh, fair enough. Ah, uh, it is a lovely piece of work. Here you are, 10, 15, 20. Thank you, thank you. 
And now, I'd like to show my appreciation for your spotting the thief. It is nice to meet an honest man. <laughs> well, I didn't do anything. You wouldn't even let me get him for you. Uh, that does not matter. But your interest in my well-being is greatly appreciated. Here. This coin is a token of my respect. Please, take it in a friendship. A simple gift. A souvenir of the devil's boutique. You mean that's what you call this place? No, not I, really. But I am well aware of my reputation and how my customers refer to my shop. Here, take it. Well, okay, but you don't have to. I realize that. But take it. It's yours. And this coin will always be yours. Forever. Hey, it's heavy. It's solid gold. Oh, look, now you can't... Please, it's yours. And as I said, it always will be yours. No one else can ever own it. I couldn't believe it. This guy giving me something like that for doing nothing, really. I headed back into the streets of Derna, and two days later, we headed back for the States. You need a few bucks till we get paid off? Oh, thanks, guy. My girlfriend will lend me some. I'll be okay. <laughs> someday you'll learn not to let them punks take it. Yeah, someday. Well, we better get down. We'll be pulling into port in an hour. When I left the ship, I called Kim and told her I'd pick her up for dinner that night. I knew she'd spring for a loan, but I, I kind of hated to let her know I gambled away all my dough. Then I remembered the gold coin in my pocket. Maybe I could hawk it for a few days till I got paid. I headed for a pawn shop on 6th Avenue. Ah, uh, I want to uh, pawn this coin for a couple of days. Uh, what will you give me for it? Ah. Where'd you get this? In Libya. Hmm. Looks solid to me. It's uh, solid gold, all right. Strange design. I got it in a strange shop. 200 bucks. Oh, okay, I'll take it. I'll buy it back in a couple of days before I ship out again. Okay, fill out the card. I'll, I'll get your cash. Want some dessert, honey? <laughs> Not on your life. I'm watching my figure. Mm, so am I. Looks pretty good from where I sit. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to have you back. I missed you. Uh, I thought of you every minute. Mm-hmm, I'll bet. Uh, here. This will prove it. I was saving it for after dinner. For me? Of course, for you. Who else? <laughs> I love surprises. I bought it in a funny little store in some place called Derna. <laughs> i got to tell you about that. Oh, Rusty. It's fantastic. Mm, I kind of thought you'd like it. It's got to be one of a kind. I've never seen anything like this. And I know my jewelry. It's my business. Here, here, help me with the class. Oh, boy. Looks even better on you. Uh, Seems to pick up a glow. Oh, wait till I show this to Mr. Rose at the store tomorrow. Let me tell you about the shop where I got it. Hey, let's go back to my place for coffee. We'll be more comfortable. Okay, I'll pay the check. Oh, I'm just crazy about this. Okay, <laughs> you're dropping your money. That, that's impossible. Rusty, what's the matter? This coin. Hey, where'd you get that? It couldn't have been in my pocket. I, I, I left it with a pawnbroker. A beautiful coin. 
So why are you so upset? The shopkeeper where I bought your locket gave me this coin. I, I spotted a shoplifter. He gave me this as a reward. But I, I pawned this this afternoon. I got 200 bucks. Now, how can I have it in my pocket? <laughs> you probably forgot to leave it with the pawnbroker. He wouldn't hand over the money without the coin. I, I don't see how else it could have happened. What are you going to do? Well, I'll go back there tomorrow and give it to him. I got the money, but he didn't get the coin. Yeah? Oh, back for it already? Uh, I got an apology to make. I, I forgot to leave the coin with you. What? Well, you gave me $200 for a gold coin yesterday, but last night I found it in my pocket. Uh, here. I don't get it. That's the coin. At least I think I did. You, you're sure? Wait a second. It should be in a brown envelope here on the top shelf. Well, it ain't. You got the coin okay, but I'll be darned if I know how that happened. Well, uh, here it is. It, it's yours to pay to. I can't believe it. You're just an oversight. No, I don't mean that. Oh? I can't believe anybody could be that honest. <laughs> gone this time, Rusty? Well, we're heading for England, uh, probably four weeks, maybe five. But I'll write you. Mm, I have your locket to remind me of you. <laughs> what time do you have to be on board? In an hour. you got to get going. Mm. Oh, oh, I just thought of something. Uh, I don't have the money to get back my coin. Oh, I'll lend it to you. No, 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 no I, I don't mean it that way. I'll take care of it when I get back from England. But I want you to keep the pawn ticket. I sure don't want to lose that. Oh, of course. I'd be glad to. Uh, got it. You're... <laughs> someplace in one of my pockets. Well, that is curious. I thought I heard the clink of a coin. Could it be? Again? The last we heard, Rusty had taken his gold coin back to the pawnbroker for a second time. And here it is back. If you remember, at the start of our drama, Rusty was in jail for murder. How that comes about, we'll see when I return shortly with Act Two. about people who keep turning up when they're not wanted, referred to as a bad penny. Well, it seems that Rusty West's valuable gold coin, far from being a bad penny, nevertheless is bound and determined to keep turning up. When we left Rusty, he was just an hour away from his next voyage, and in his girlfriend's apartment, they were both surprised by... Rusty, look! I'm looking. I don't believe it. Are you playing games with me? No, Kim, I'm not. You had that coin in your pocket all the time. You're just trying to play some silly joke. I swear to you, the last time I saw that coin was in the pawnbroker's safe. I saw him put it there. Well, here, take it. You look like you don't want to touch it. I still think you're pulling my leg. Rusty? Rusty, what's the matter? It's yours. As I said, it will always be yours. No one else can ever own it. Kim, the the shopkeeper in Derna who gave it to me, he he said it would always be mine. No one else could ever own it. I didn't think anything of it at the time. You are serious. I am. Believe me, I I don't know how or why or, or what kind of magic this is, but somehow that coin keeps coming back to me. I can't lose it. Rusty, that gives me the creeps. Stop it. But I am not kidding. You really mean it? I... 
I want to make one more test to be sure. What do you mean, test? I want to leave the coin with you. Uh, hide it, lock it up somewhere, and let's see what happens. Well, I, I don't know, Rusty. It can't hurt you. But I, I can't explain it, but nothing is going to happen to you. Well, all right. I, I'll put it in a safe deposit box at the bank. I don't want the thing around here. Okay. Hold on to the pawn ticket and put the coin in the bank. And whatever you do, Kim, don't tell anyone about it. Anyone. I made it to my ship in time, and we sailed with a night tide. All I could think about was that strange coin. It had come back to me. There was just no way I could make a mistake with a pawnbroker a second time. And every minute of every day, I wondered when and where it would come back again. The trip to England was smooth. We put in at Liverpool on a Friday morning. And that night, Guy and I went out for a couple of beers. You really serious about making the sea your life, kid? Well, maybe not for life. A couple of years, though. Pays good, and I got no plans to settle down yet. Huh? What about that gal back in the Big Apple? <laughs> uh, Kim's just a good friend. Hey, what do you say we get out of here and scare up some excitement? Huh? Oh, sure. Oh, I'll take care of the tab. I owe you a couple anyway. <laughs> okay, kid. Hey, you dropped something. Uh, uh, yeah, it, um, it fell out of my pocket when I reached for my dough. Uh, hey, hey, this is some coin. Feels like solid gold. Yeah, yeah, it is. Good luck piece? Sort of. Hmm. Must be worth plenty. You know, you ought to wear it around your neck or something. The way you're carrying it around, you're going to lose it for sure. So there it was. Again. Guy didn't notice how surprised and nervous I was. But I had to call Kim right away. I told Guy I was going to the men's room. I found a pay phone at the back of the pub and put in a collect call to Kim. Calling. Kim, it's back. It just fell at my feet minutes ago. I knew it was going to. You you knew? It was gone from the safe deposit box today. I drove the bank people crazy. I, I checked it every morning. Sometimes I'd go on my lunch hour, too. And today it was gone. Well, it's in my pocket right now. Oh, Rusty, I'm scared of that thing. Get rid of it, please. How can I? I didn't question it anymore. I just accepted the fact that I had a gold coin that would somehow come back to me no matter what I did with it. No matter where I was. After all, Kim had locked it up in a safe deposit box in New York and it reached me in England. I began to realize how I could make some money with it. We were due to sail the following night back to New York. The next morning, I slipped ashore. I bought a newspaper and looked up a coin dealer. I found one in the West End. He was impressed. He paid me $500 for it, American cash. I went back to the ship knowing that before I got back to New York, the coin would be at my feet. It was my goose laying a golden egg. The trip back to New York was as uneventful as the trip over. Nothing to relieve the monotony, but... Okay, guys, five card draw this hand. Yeah. Come in. Okay. Uh, first card down. Come on, any up. One buck. Come in. Next card up. Nice. Deuce. Jack of diamonds. Ten of hearts. Ace bets. Yeah. Uh, ten bucks. Ten to stay. Call. A brace. Five. Deuce. And the queen. Pair of aces bet. 
20. I'm out. Just when it looked like I had a chance of taking a pot, they all folded. Except Guy. He was looking straight at me. He had a ten and queen of hearts showing. Not much to bet on. I saw my chance at a killing fading fast. I'll buy another card. Ten. Nine hearts. Up. Bear still bets. Uh, twenty. Raise twenty. I'm in. Last card. Another ace. And king of hearts. Well, three aces bets. What do you say, kid? Four aces? I couldn't believe it. This was my pot for sure. Guy had a possible flush with four hearts showing, but I knew this one was mine. Only had 50 bucks left, but I couldn't lose. I bet it all. Three aces bet uh, 50. Well, the kid's playing for high stakes. You gonna see me? Sure, sure, sure. Raise your 50. <laughs> Raise? Uh-huh. Raise 50? I, I, I'm, I'm out of dough. You sure are, kid. Unless you can raise 50 bucks to see me. Now, I might have a flush. I got four hearts shown. But then you'd win. But if that whole card happens to be a jack, well, hey, maybe I'm bluffing, huh? You'll never find out unless you can call. What do you say, kid? Hmm? I'll call you. Here. You gonna bet that coin? But that's pure gold. I mean, you told me it's worth hundreds of bucks. I'm seeing you. Now, look, kid, I don't want you. I am in. Let's see what you got. Okay, kid. Read them and weep. Straight flush. Nine, ten, jack in the hole, queen, and the king. I... I got four aces. Nothing else would beat you, kid, but... Four aces? This was my pot. Hey, look, I'm sorry, kid, but them's the love thing. I warned you about getting into these games. You wanted to learn the ropes, so you just had your first lesson. I bet it would have been different if someone else was dealing. What was that? I see it now. You set me up with four aces to beat me with a flush. Hey, 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 hold on, kid. Are you accusing me of cheating? You just said hey, that... I said nothing of the kind. Now, nobody calls Guy Fowler a cheater. Definitely no green, wet-eared... Now, that was the second lesson, kid. And don't expect your gold coin back now. I might have thought about letting you win it back, but not now. I'll get it back. I don't need a cheat card game to do it. I am going to get that coin oh, back. you are asking for lesson three, kid. Yeah? Well, here's one for... Come on, never telegraph a punch, kid. Hey, you guys, we, uh, t- uh, take him to his bunk, huh? I'm going to my cabin and count my dough. I woke up at 2 a.m. with something hammering in my head. The guy sure had laid one on me. It was dark and I had a thirst like an elephant. I started for the head for a drink of water. As I passed Guy's cabin, I heard voices. I wanted to avoid him for the rest of the night, so I got my drink and went back to my bunk. And the next morning, all hell broke loose. Guy was found in his cabin, dead. The captain took charge of the situation and put Guy's cabin out of bounds for the rest of the voyage. Then he started asking questions and 
learned about the poker game in Fracas. He called me to his cabin. And the men say you and Fowler had a fight last night. Well, it wasn't a fight, sir. He he decked me twice. You accused him of cheating. Why, well, I did, but, but... Then there's something about a coin. Are you... Are you accusing me of killing Guy, Captain? I can't accuse you right now. But you had a damn good motive. You threatened to get the coin back. I didn't threaten. I'm told you said something like you'd get it back without another cheap poker game. Now, Fowler's dead, and the coin is missing. I personally searched his body, his cabin, and his gear. It's missing? It's the motive for the killing. That and revenge. Yeah, but I can't prove anything. Nor do I intend to. The authorities in New York will take care of it. Captain, last night I, I went for a drink of water. I, I passed Guy's cabin and I heard voices. Now, I don't know who it was, but somebody was there with him. Come on, Rusty. You expect me to buy that? Were there any witnesses to back up this story? Well, no, sir. I was alone. But I swear... I'm I... having you and your gear searched. But you probably got rid of the coin by now. I just don't buy anyone else having a reason to smash in Fowler's skull. Well, who else knew about the coin? Edwards and King were in on the game, sir. Ah, above suspicion. They've been shipping with Fowler for years. Well, maybe he showed it to someone else, and then they... they... Killed him just for a lousy coin? Uh, no, Rusty. Now, why don't you give me the truth? Make it easy on all of us. Captain, I didn't kill him. <laughs> I went back to my quarters, shaking like a leaf. Who had killed Guy? Captain was right about Edwards and King. They were buddies. No grudge, no envy. Someone had seen the coin and tried to get it. I lay down on the bunk, trying to sort things out. When it happened... I leaped up like a shot. The evidence against me was lying right at my feet. The coin was back. I picked it up. A wave of panic rushed over me. The captain was going to search me. I had to get rid of it. Even if it was only temporary, I, I went up on deck. A stiff wind tore at my jacket. The sea was heavy. I went to the rail, looked around, and threw the coin into the water. It disappeared into the waves. I hurried back to my quarters. The captain and mate searched me and my quarters and, of course, didn't find the coin. But I was in a panic. Rusty, I've been thinking this through. We didn't find the coin in your possession. There's not a shred of evidence against anyone. Yes, sir. Don't be so smug. No, I'm not. I, I am absolutely innocent. You were the one who threatened to get the coin back. You admit you said it. Why? Because the coin is... Yes? What is it? You won't believe it. I believe you're guilty of killing Fowler, and I won't listen to any more tall tales of yours. Will you tell me the truth? Well? Here we go again. But this time, Rusty isn't so happy to see the coin return. Indeed, it did come back at the most inappropriate time. It seems that the goose that was to lay the golden egg is liable to cook Rusty's goose if I may be permitted an appropriate cliché. But we can hardly blame the poor coin. It's only doing what it has to do. We'll see what deeper trouble lies ahead for Rusty when I return shortly with Act Three. 
Mr. Barth, that's the whole story. The captain took the coin, the police were waiting for us at Pier 57, and here I am. That's some story. It's the truth. You swear that the coin, by some magic, just mysteriously came back to you. That's what I've been saying for the last half hour. Uh, how can I take that story into a courtroom? We might just as well plead insanity. You you believe it's liable to turn up any minute? Well, I never know when. If, if it hadn't shown up in front of the captain, I might not be here now. Well, the coin's being held as evidence. It's the one solid piece against you. Yeah, I know that, but I, I wouldn't have any reason to kill Guy for that coin. I knew it would come back to me automatically. That That's what I meant when I said it. Did you tell the men or the captain what you meant? Oh, how could I? They'd think I was crazy. Well, the prosecutor has a job ahead of him. The possession of the coin doesn't prove you killed the man. And that's what he has to prove to the jury's satisfaction. So, what are we going to do? Well, I'm not sure yet. I, I have to think this through carefully. Because if we do what I'm thinking of now, this could be the case of the century. Him. They said I had a visitor. I, I didn't think you... You didn't kill that man. You couldn't. Of course not, honey. Then why did? It was the coin. The man who was murdered wanted from me in a poker game. They thought I oh. killed him. Well, you told him you didn't. Why have they got you locked up? It's not as easy as that. To them, I'm guilty. They don't know what that coin does. Oh, I knew it meant trouble. You remember, I was afraid of it. I begged you to get rid of it. I can't get rid of it. That's the whole trouble. I'm scared, Kim. I didn't kill Guy. He was my friend. How can I make them believe it? Your lawyer will find a way, Rusty. That's what lawyers are for. And I'll stand by you. You know that. Yeah. Yeah, I know, Kim. I, I can tell them about the coin and how you got it back. Yeah. We'll have to see what the lawyer wants to do. I sure hope he's got something. Rusty, I've made up my mind. I'm going to put you on the stand to tell your story, just as you told it to me. Uh, it's your only defense. You wouldn't kill anyone for the coin because you knew you'd get it back supernaturally. But that's what I've been saying. Is there any way we can count on the coin coming back now while you're in jail? Because if you could produce the coin now, well, they'd have to believe your story. 
You sound as though you do believe me. I'm going into this trial believing you. I'm going in admitting that I believe in the magic of that coin. Now, do I have your absolute solemn word that all you've told me is true? Oh, you do. And even Kim will tell you about the safe deposit box. I plan to call her. I believe you. Now we've got to make them believe. I'm satisfied with the jury, Rusty. We've got their interest. I've got the whole court intrigue. I want to keep up this atmosphere. I, I want to make them feel the spirit world breathing down their backs. You sure know what you're doing. I feel a lot better knowing I've got an experienced lawyer. Rusty, an experienced lawyer wouldn't dare plead the case I'm going to. You happen to be my first criminal case. Things sure look black for me, Mr. Barth. Only temporarily. The testimony of the captain and the two shipmates today didn't help. Uh, but the court hasn't heard you yet. I wish I'd never found that shop in Dern. I wish I'd never seen that coin. Tomorrow I'm putting you on the stand. And I want you to tell your story to the court exactly as you told it to me. And now, Mr. West, will you tell the court in your own words what happened to you from the beginning? Uh... I'm a merchant seaman, and uh, two months ago, I had shore leave in a town called Derna in Libya. And then, right in front of the captain, the coin fell to my feet. So, the coin returned again of its own accord. Yes, sir. Now, I wouldn't have killed Guy for that coin. I, I wouldn't kill anyone, but I knew I'd get the coin back. Uh, that's why I said it. And that's the truth. I didn't kill him. And now, Miss Morgan, before he sailed for England, the defendant gave you the coin in question. Uh, yes. And what did you do with it? I put it in a safe deposit box, just like Rusty told you, at National Bank on 41st Street. I, I checked it every day, sometimes twice. I drove the bank people crazy. And each time you inspected the safe deposit box, the coin was there. Hmm. Uh, until May 14th. And on May 14th? It, it was gone. The box was empty. And uh, then? And that day, Rusty called me from Liverpool to say he had just gotten it back. And that's the truth. Yeah, yeah, I remember the guy. He pawned a gold coin. Now, will you tell the court what happened? I gave him 200 bucks for the coin, and he comes in the next day, and he gives me the very same coin he pawned. Said he must have forgotten to give it to me. You were obviously surprised. Yeah. I knew I locked it up in my safe, and I always keep the small stuff in the safe. And then what did you do? Well, I, I locked it up again. And this time I made sure. I checked it just before I closed for the night. And it was in the safe at the time? That's right. A few days later, it was gone. Never been able to find it again. Uh, may I have Exhibit A, please? Thank you. Is this the coin the defendant pawned with you, Mr. Schaefer? That's it. I recognize the design. That's it, okay. That guy owes me 200 bucks. And in conclusion, we submit that the coin has or had the mystical property to act on its own. But the story of the defendant is true, as borne out by the testimony 
under oath, of Miss Morgan and Mr. Schaefer. So I implore you, ladies and gentlemen, to keep foremost in your minds and deliberations that Rusty West did not murder to get his coin back. He knew he would get it back anyway. The defense rests. Hmm. The uh, testimony in this case seems to be without precedent. In fact, it seems also to be without credibility. I am instructing the bailiff to lock Exhibit A, the coin in question, in a double lock, tamper-proof container. And one of the keys will be given to me. We shall rule out sleight of hand in this preposterous case. Should the coin subsequently be found in the possession of the defendant, I shall have no choice but to declare a mistrial. We'll hear the prosecution summation tomorrow at 10 a.m. Court stands adjourned. Oh, nobody's going to believe it. Well, don't give up, Rusty. I've got one more. Mr. Bart. What's the matter? That man going out the door. The black coat and mustache. He's the man in the shop, the one who gave me the coin. What? Catch him, please. Stop him. I'll try. You, uh, didn't get him, huh? Uh, he vanished. He wasn't anywhere in the hall when I got there. Too bad. He might have clinched our case. Well, I didn't see him in the courtroom earlier. He must have been there, though. What would he be doing here, all the way from Libya? I think he's come to get his coin back. What? He told me he had his own ways of getting his merchandise back. I'll never see that coin again. How can you be so sure that that was the man? Oh, it was, I know. Then why would he take it back? You, You said he gave it to you in friendship. Well, no. But if the coin was coming back to me... It would have been here before now. I still don't see the connection between him here and the trial. Why didn't he come forward to help? I'm thinking of the way he looked at me just before he went out. I think maybe he knew I was making money on the coin, pawning it and selling it and gambling with it. Maybe he didn't like that. Maybe he thought I was just using it. I guess I'm through with it now. Well, maybe it's just as well it got me in enough trouble. And if the jury finds me guilty, I guess it doesn't matter much anymore. Ladies and gentlemen, you must decide this case on circumstantial evidence, on the testimony of the prosecution witnesses who claim the defendant produced the coin himself and who saw no magic involved, and on the testimony of the defense witnesses who swear the coin vanished mysteriously from their possession. Before sending the jury to their deliberation, may I ask if the defendant can produce the coin that is now locked in a steel box, its whereabouts known only to me and the bailiff? Uh, Your Honor, we would (laughs) be... The uh, jury will decide whom to believe. Bailiff, escort the jury to the jury room. I'm scared, Mr. Barth. Hang in, Rusty. We don't know what... Oh, the jury's coming back. It's only been 40 minutes. What does that mean? It didn't take them long to decide. It it doesn't look good. But... But I'm innocent. I'm not guilty. Ladies and gentlemen... 
defendant will rise and face the jury. Madam Foreman, have you reached a verdict? We have, Your Honor. How say you? We find the defendant. Well? Rusty's gold coin has made an auspicious appearance after all. Reporters are crowding in now. Flashbulbs are popping. This case has attracted so much attention in the press, it will make the front pages again tomorrow after this dramatic turn of events. Kim is hugging Rusty and crying. He's holding the coin above his head. The judge is standing now, too shocked to even rap for order. The foreman never got a chance to deliver the verdict. We'll speculate on what it might have been when I return shortly. jury's verdict was. We know Rusty wasn't guilty, but did the jury think so? We'll never know. The judge did as he said he would and declared a mistrial. The truth of Rusty's strange story was so graphically and dramatically substantiated, he eventually went free. And the case became such a cause celeb that every now and then, the cranks and the crackpots would successfully steal Rusty's coin for a souvenir. But, as always... Our cast included Russell Horton, Betsy Beard, Lloyd Batista, and Earl Hammond. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. And now, a preview of our next tale. Who are you anyway, huh? Well, I'm just Elmer Potts, like I told you. But I've been delegated, and that means you have to go. Delegated by whom? Well, directly only by my controller, but he acts on orders of the supervisor, uh... The man himself. But that isn't the way it works. It's, 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 it's death that comes to take people away. Well, that's what I thought, too, before I made my crossing. But well, you can see now, like I can see, that that, that was only in olden times. There were too many people kicking off now for one person to handle the whole thing. So that's just like one of the dirty jobs you get handed when you're new over there. Jobs, sure. Now, come on, we, we, we got to get a move on. And I, I am not going with you. You got to go with me. You're dead. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.